Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is September 17th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over my preview of the game between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. To get right into it, the Miami Dolphins, who are 1-0, will be facing off against the Buffalo Bills, who are 0-1. This game will be at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium, the Miami home opener here in Miami Gardens, Florida. Now, really quick before we talk about the game, there have been some pop-up events leading up to the home opener to celebrate this, hosted by the Miami Dolphins. It started on Monday, September. September 13th. There were six days of events that were featuring giveaways, alumni, and cheerleader appearances. They were doing all of this incorporating fans, local businesses, and community partners. Now, there are still two days of events leading up until this game. Both of them are the Celebrate Our Community, which is presented by Pepsi. There will be one event on Friday, September 17th, as well as on Saturday, September 18th. So go ahead, check it out. I posted a link on Twitter as well as on the Via the Source page. You can check out more on MiamiDolphins.com as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Now to get back to the preview, the Dolphins right now currently lead the AFC East, squeezing out that narrow victory over New England. The Bills, on the other hand, last year's, uh, they reached the AFC Championship, a very good team. They came out flat, losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers last week by a score of 23-16. to So there's no other way to put this, but the Bills have dominated the Dolphins' recently recently, beating Miami with ease on both occasions last year. The Bills' Week 2 victory showcased their air attack, where they picked on rookie Noah Igbenogany primarily, and then wide receiver Stephon Diggs would end up finishing that game eight catches for 153 yards. Now, the Week 17 game was hardly different as the Bills walked away with a massive 56-26 victory over the Dolphins. The Bills' pass attack was once again the highlight as Josh Allen and second string quarterback Matt Barkley combined for 388 passing yards in that game. So the game also served as a harsh reality check for Tua Tungavailoa. He entered that game with only two interceptions on the season, playing mistake-free football up until that point, but he would add three picks on that game alone. So overall, it was a rough outing last year anytime the Dolphins were up against the Buffalo Bills. So we'll take a look here at the Dolphins. Tua Tungavailoa will once again command and the offense. Last week was a subpar game from Tua, but it was far from as bad as many people would suggest. Tua thrived in the short game where he connected on 13 of his 15 passes that were 10 yards or shorter. Tua was more aggressive in terms of making throws downfield, but he didn't really have success doing so. He would finish 3 for 12 on passes that traveled 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage, and that is per NFL's next-gen stats. Now, the main factor that was holding Tua back from a better performance was the offensive line that it did in fact really struggle in this game. Tua was sacked twice and his mistakes came on plays where he was forced to leave the pocket and throw on the run. So despite a seemingly tough outing in terms of being pressure, Pro Football Reference has stated that Tua was only hurried once last week. The site also has Tua being pressured on 17% of his dropbacks, which would be in the bottom quarter of all quarterbacks in the NFL. Now to take a look here at the 
running game. It will be led by Miles Gaskin, presumably. Gaskin had a pretty modest performance, recording 49 yards rushing and an additional 27 through the air last week. Gaskin's versatility gives him the opportunity to succeed on any given Sunday, but he will be up against a tough Bills defense this week. The Bills have allowed the fewest yards to running back so far this season. Again, it's only been one game, but they allowed only 49 total yards last week to the running back position. 45 of those yards were rushing and four of them were receiving. Now, the Dolphins receiver group here will feature the return of Will Fuller after being suspended for week one. Fuller, as previously mentioned before throughout the offseason, is a dynamic deep threat that the Dolphins have needed. Again, this is a stat that I said earlier in the offseason, but Fuller recorded four receptions of 40 plus yards last season, and that was only through 11 games. The Dolphins, as an entire team, had the same number of catches of 40 plus yards all of last season. Now, receiver Devontae Parker is coming off of a respectable outing in the last game. He had 81 yards on four catches. Parker has had either a touchdown or 100 plus yards receiving in his last four games, though, against the Buffalo Bills. Now, rookie wide receiver Jalen Waddle had a significant role in his regular season debut. Waddle recorded his first touchdown on a three-yard play that featured him reversing after going on a pre-snap motion, and then he utilized his speed as he dove towards the pylon for the score. Now, he also recorded a nice 30-yard leaping reception where he was able to beat his man. Now, it's possible that this play could have been even bigger if it was thrown a little bit more in front of him, but I'm not going to argue that that was last week. Now, tight end Mike Kosicki was a non-factor last week as he was unable to come down with either of his two targets. Now, a nice little stat here is Mike Kosicki's career-high 130-yard game came last season in the Dolphins matchup against none other than the Buffalo Bills. Now, outside of Miles Gaskin, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Parker, only Savon Ahmed and Durham Smythe had a catch for the Dolphins last week. Now, the Dolphins' offensive line definitely left some room for improvement after a tough first week. The unit struggled to string together a solid series of snaps. It's seemed that either one lineman or maybe two on a play would get beat badly every single time. Tackle Austin Jackson missed last week's game after being on the COVID reserve list and he was back at practice this week. He said he feels strong and healthy but reports said that he appeared to be winded at practice. There's nothing uh, that's come out yet about how the Dolphins are planning to utilize him this week. Now as we take a look at the defensive side of the ball here for the Dolphins, the Dolphins defense was once again the strength of the team last week forcing two fumbles, including that game-saving recovery in the fourth quarter. The Dolphins' defense is currently second in the NFL in blitz, sending a blitz on 52.5% of their plays. With that high blitz percentage, it shouldn't be surprising that the Dolphins' defense is near the top in quarterback pressures. The Dolphins are currently seventh in the NFL in that stat. Their eight quarterback knockdowns are the current lead in the NFL. The Dolphins' defensive line will be without Raekwon Davis though in this game which will lead to more of a responsibility for guys like Zach Sealer and for John Jenkins to fill that nose tackle role. Jenkins whose first season was all the way back in 2013 hasn't recorded a sack or a tackle for a loss since 2019 so this will be a pretty big test here for Jenkins. Linebacker Jerome Baker was back to leading the team in tackles as he typically does but many people were disappointed with his performance in pass coverage. Last week Baker gave up a 
catch on all five of the targets in his direction for a team-high 57 yards against the Patriots. Now, it's hard to critique the Dolphins' secondary too hard after their showing against New England. It appeared that their game plan was to keep the ball in front of them, and Mac Jones was able to take advantage of that and pick up what was there underneath. Only five of Jones's 29 completions, though, were 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. So, again, most of those passes weren't that deep at all. So, while it doesn't fall entirely on the secondary by any means, the Dolphins' defense will definitely have to be more effective on third down. Last week, the Patriots were 11 for 16 on third down attempts. That can't be the case again this week. So, we'll move on here to take a look at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, of course, are going to be led by their MVP candidate, Josh Allen. Allen was ridiculed early on in his career, struggling especially with his accuracy, but since then, he's turned into one of these uh, biggest examples of progression that you could find in the NFL. His completion percentage has jumped from 52% in his rookie season all the way to 69.2% last year. And last year, Allen just had a monster season, 4,544 yards passing and 37 touchdowns. On top of that, he only threw 10 interceptions. Now, with that in mind, it did come as a shock when Allen struggled last week against Pittsburgh. He finished 30 for 51 for 270 yards, one touchdown, and then he did have a fumble in that game. The Bills' offensive line is a massive reason why Allen struggled in that game. Per pro football reference, Allen was blitzed only one time, but despite all of that, the Steelers typically only sending four pass rushers, at times even three, Allen was pressured on 36.4 of his dropbacks, which was the third highest in all of the NFL last week. So if you go back and you watch that game, the performance that the offensive line for Buffalo put up was absolutely abysmal. But I will say, despite the offensive line struggling, running back Devin Singletary had a pretty effective outing last week. He finished the game 72 yards, 11 carries. As we're all fans of a team here that's in the same division, I'm pretty sure you guys are well aware of that style of running that Devin Singletary has. He kind of gets lost behind the blockers, is able to hit a nice little burst, and he's hard to get down there on the ground. Josh Allen, who is known as a dual-threat quarterback, also managed to pick up 44 yards on nine carries last week. Now, along with Singletary, the Bills also have Zach Moss, and then former Dolphin Matt Brown. Brita was added to their offense as well. While Brita didn't really have an impact in last week's game, he showed flashes in the preseason that would remind any Dolphin fan about why they were initially excited when he joined the Dolphins. Now, wide receiver Stephon Diggs had a monster year back in 2020. Diggs led the NFL in both catches with 127 and yards with 1,535. Diggs is regarded by most to be one of the league's best route runners in the conversation with guys like Packer. Devontae Adams, Chargers Keenan Allen, Broncos Jerry Judy, uh, uh, Cowboys Amari Cooper. He's right there in that same conversation. The first time these two teams faced off in 2020, it led to a huge day for Stephon Diggs, who recorded eight catches for 153 yards and a touchdown. Diggs was again initially lined up against Byron Jones, but after Jones left the game with an injury, Diggs then took advantage of what was an obvious mismatch with Noah Igbenogany, the rookie, lined up opposite 
opposite of him. Diggs had a solid performance last week. He recorded 69 yards on nine catches. Now, wide receiver slash epidemiologist Cole Beasley also had an impressive, somewhat underrated season last year. He finished the season second on the Bills in terms of receiving yards with 967. Beasley was featured pretty heavily last week, leading the team in targets with 13. He would finish the game eight catches for 60 yards. Now, the newly acquired veteran Emmanuel Sanders also made an impact in his regular season debut with the team. Sanders managed to pick up 52 yards on only four catches. Second-year receiver Gabriel Davis had a touchdown in last week's game. Davis's six-foot-two, 210-pound frame makes him a touchdown machine. And frankly, Miami had to learn this the hard way. A pretty interesting stat here is that uh, Gabriel Davis, as of right now, throughout his career, three catches against the Dolphins, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. Again, he has three catches against the Dolphins, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. Just ridiculous stat line. The Bills' offensive line, as mentioned previously, was getting absolutely exposed by the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. Tackle Deion Dawkins gave up three holding penalties last week. Center Mitch Morse, John Feliciano, the guard, and tackle Daryl Williams also each had a holding call against them. And frankly, if you watch that game, there should have been more penalties called against them. I mean, they had the guys in headlocks. And again, that was with the Pittsburgh Steelers sending four or three men rushes and they were committing that kind of holding calls. It was just an absolutely lifeless performance from that Bills unit, which will have a tough task here trying to stop the Dolphins and their unique scheme in sending blitzes. So we take a look here at the defense for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills present a somewhat strong defensive unit. The Bills sent a fair amount of blitzes last season, 35% of their plays as compared to the Dolphins who sent 40 1% last year. However, per Pro Football Focus, the Bills fared better when they did not blitz. They played quarters coverage at the fifth highest rate in the NFL, allowing them to prevent the deep pass. The Bills also allowed an average depth of target of only 6.9 yards, which was again the shortest in all of football. The Bills were among the best in the league at preventing pass plays of 20 plus yards and 40 plus yards. Despite the success at keeping the ball in front of them though, the Bills Bills tackling was a huge issue as they finish with the six most missed tackles in all of football. Now, as mentioned earlier, Mike Kosicki's career high in yardage came last year against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills struggled heavily against the tight end position as they gave up the most catches, which was 92, and the second most yards, 993, to the tight end position in all of football. Now, cornerback Tredavious White has been regarded as an elite cornerback over the last few years. He was was a pro bowler back in 2019 and 2020 he was a second team all pro last week white struggled to contain chase claypool who mossed him along the sideline white also surrendered three catches for 46 yards in total cornerback levi wallace was picked on giving up six catches and a touchdown despite that he only surrendered 32 yards and he did not have a missed tackle safety jordan poyer led the team in tackles last year with 124 poyer recorded 
avoided a sack last week on Ben Roethlisberger. Earlier this week, they asked uh, Poyer about Jalen Waddle, and he noted his explosiveness, saying that the team was, quote, going to have their hands full with him, close quote. Safety Micah Hyde hasn't quite returned to his true elite form as he was a second-team All-Pro back in 2017. Hyde was in a red non-contact jersey at practice on Thursday. He was limited at practice with what appears to be a new neck injury that kind of came out of nowhere. His status right now remains unknown. Now, an aging Ben Roethlisberger was really reluctant to test the Bills deep last week as he did not attempt a single pass that traveled 20 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. However, he was able to connect on the earlier mentioned lob pass to Claypool and also a touchdown in the corner of the end zone to Levi Wallace. Now, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds was second on the team in tackles last year with 119. He has been quite a polarizing topic when you talk about pass coverage. At times, he appears great, but there's other moments where he looks the complete opposite. Last year, Edmonds surrendered 543 yards in coverage, which for a tight end is quite a lot. Linebacker Matt Milano is a large part of the Bills' defense at the linebacker position. He led the team in tackles for a loss last week with two. Both Milano and Edmonds were absent from the team's first meeting last season, which was considered to be a big reason why Mike Gesicki had such a massive performance. Now, alongside the secondary, the Bills' defensive line is a strong point of this defense. Defensive end Mario Addison led the team in sacks last season with five, and he recorded his first sack of 2021 last season. Defensive end Jerry Hughes was flying off the edge in week one, and despite his impact not really showing in the stat column, his disruption was felt. Kind of that same way I was talking about Emmanuel Ogba after last week's game, Jerry Hughes appeared to be having a very strong outing. The tandem will still present a difficult challenge for this young offensive line group that struggled last week for Miami. So to get into my expectations for this game, the first one that I have here is that Emmanuel Ogba has at least one sack. After watching the Bills game last week, it jumps out just how bad their offensive tackles struggled. Josh Allen's mobility is dynamic, but even with the Steelers sending four pass rushers, the Bills offensive line was dominated. I'm sure Allen will continue to work his magic at avoiding defenders, but even that will have its limits. Agba got in the sack column for the first time last year against Buffalo, and I think the same thing will happen here. I think he gets his first sack here against the Bills. Now, the second expectation that I have here is that the Bills connect on big plays offensively. It's possible that the Dolphins defense adapts to stop this pass attack, but that's going to be a tough challenge. Last season in week 17, the Dolphins gave up passes of 56, 52, and 32 yards. In week two of 2020, they gave up passes of 47, two passes of 46, and one of 38 yards. The Dolphins defense's tendency to send these blitzes puts them in a great position to make turnovers, but that leaves them prone to the big play. So for now, the Bills are winning in that regard, so I think the same thing is going to happen here. My next expectation that I have here is that Mike Kosicki has at least 50 yards in this game. The Bills have a solid group in their secondary. They were able to contain the running game last week, both on the ground and through the air. So while I do think this will open up the potential for some of the bubble screens for the receivers, I think the Dolphins will need to utilize Mike Kosicki to move the chains in those second and third and long situations. Now, to get into my keys to the victory here, the first one that I have here for this game is to make their stars beat you. If Stephon 
Diggs lines up against Xavier Howard and still manages to torch the secondary fine. If Josh Allen is playing like an MVP rushing for over 70 yards or throwing 350 passing yards, okay. But what the Dolphins can't afford to do is let a guy like Devin Singletary have something like 150 total yards. The Bills have depth on this offense and some of the lesser experienced guys in the Dolphins secondary will have to be ready. Don't let Gabriel Davis have over 100 yards or two touchdowns. Don't let a guy like Isaiah McKenzie capitalize on big plays. Don't let Matt Breida capitalize on big plays. Each of these guys bring a big play potential for Buffalo and the Dolphins will have to be on their toes with some of their lesser experienced guys. The next key to the victory I have here is have possibly the best offensive performance in recent years. The Bills did not play well last week. The Steelers' defense played terrific, and even then, the Steelers needed some help with a block punt touchdown to really take command of the game. If the Dolphins don't get the luxury of a special teams touchdown in this one, and if the defense isn't playing absolutely lights out, which is possible, that means the offense will need to rise to the occasion. There is a chance that Tua will have to throw for over 300 yards in this game just in order to hang with the Buffalo Bills. Now my last key to the victory I have here is the Dolphins offensive line must improve. As mentioned last week, the offense taking the next step hinges on the offensive line improving. Do you need a big game from Tua or do you need Miles Gaskin in the running game to be a focus for the offense? Do you want to complete the big plays down the field? Well, none of that can happen until the offensive line improves. This group doesn't need to be the 2015 Dallas Cowboys, but they need to at least look respectable here for Miami to hang in this game. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up today's episode. As always, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. That is at ShadySteven. If you could also follow the podcast, account on Twitter that is at via the source that would be a huge help if you enjoyed the episode please leave a review on the Apple podcast app it would help a lot I'm recording this very late at night my schedule has been absolutely crammed and man I am extremely tired so sorry if that comes across in this recording but guys that is how I'm gonna wrap it up until next time I'm Steven Masso and this was via the source